one-on-one with football's living legend. Ladies and gentlemen, your legend is here. It's Legend Sight. Rewind the tape. Let's relive those moments of football magic. Gilbert Lamini and the company, as you say, of the two brothers, Sabelo Kunene and Sipo Kunene. As we get underway, the Algerians playing from right to left in the all-white colours. Amagluglug in the yellow and green. Very hot in the mid-30s. The temperature, the pitch in reasonable condition, although the grass perhaps a bit heavy. It'll be Atia on the ball is Ben Said. And 18 for the Algerians, Guruad. We'll get used to their names as we go along. Here's Neremi. And the under-23s, because of unavailability in the camp, as you've been discussing in the studio, no Chad Harper, various other players missing. No Franceman, no Sitole, no Mbambo. It's going to be a free kick here. Awarded in favour of Joseph Dugudugu Makanya for the first foul of the game. Here's the challenge committed by Gerouad on Makanya. And Amagluglug, I think early on, will just look to stroke the ball around. They're playing a 4-4-2 formation. And a mistake now lets Leremi in. Can he find the right ball? Appeals for a hand used. And he's given the penalty. Wow, what a sensational start this is. A penalty for an alleged handball by Adel Messali. The South Africans are off to a dream start. It wasn't, yes, there it is. Misali deemed to have used his hand. Referee Gilbert Lamini had no doubt at all. And Adel Misali has conceded a penalty in the opening minutes of this game. So Abduni, a 22-year-old goalkeeper, We'll have to try and keep this out against Ryan Buerta in his first match for the under-23s. Plays for Maipa FC in Finland. He scored 12 goals for them this season. And he's looking to put his country ahead in a vital Olympic qualifier. He's the captain, is the goalkeeper, Abduni. Unfortunately, very little information coming out of the Algerian camp. We did try very, very hard to get it for you. Yes, Buerta! First goal in Amakluglu colours for Ryan Puerta. Very well taken penalty, struck with the left boot, no chance for the goalkeeper. And Amakluglu lead by a goal to nil, beautifully taken just inside the upright. Ladies and gentlemen, your legend is here. Oh man, I could listen to that the entire day. In fact, I was just getting lost in the emotion, like it's something that's going on right now. And that's why my guest tonight, being a commentator, uh, was blessed us with his silky, silky voice. Uh, I guess a nice sort of line and banter. A whole bag full of tricks. But I can tell you that that bag is usually full of information and stats at his fingertips. It's a no-brainer. Why he was always top of the list when it comes to covering major events. I'm not talking about something that we've organized around the street corner. I'm talking about Olympic Games, cricket, cricket World Cups, football World Cups, and a whole lot more. 
a whole lot of top games in the domestic league and international. But also when you when you become that kind of guy, like a man of many firsts, but the one that comes to mind, though, was when he became the first, the very, very first broadcaster in the country to win what then became the prestigious SAB Radio Commentator of the Year Award. When you won that award, then you knew that in your field, you were the best. I want to talk about awards that happen like they've been happening in recent years where they ask you to submit your work and then people, you, you probably find that in a calendar year, a person has that one great show and then they go submit their one great show and then the judges think, what a great human being you are. And yet other people that have done an entire year of great work will get overlooked because maybe at times they don't even submit their best work because they don't know what their best work is. But back then, when they judged, the panel of judges focused on your work. They followed your work. They made sure that it wasn't about just a once-off great moment on radio or television. They followed what you were doing, and they gave you that kind of judgment based on your body of work, not a little limb or a little finger. <laughs> but I think the last time when we spoke to him and we engaged him about uh, being the best memory expert and mentalist, uh, well known for his power of the mind shows, which, um, I mean, they, they pretty much showcase how powerful the mind can be. And tonight we're going to be going down memory lane with Michael Abramson. Uh, if you still have got no clue who I'm talking about, you just heard that commentary a short while ago, and it brought back very good memories. Michael Abramson, what an honor. What a moment. Good evening. Robert, good evening to you. I'm very, very humbled by that introduction. Thank you so, so much. And it's always a pleasure to be in the company of a legend such as yourself, who has done more for broadcasting in this country than I think pretty much anybody else. So take a bow yourself, my friend. Wow, Michael. Remember, I'm here to honor you. We're here to bow down to you, but I do accept and I appreciate um, when, when somebody as great as you has such humbling words to say, we, we can only be humbled. Um, but, you know, and, and I'm not lying. And If I am about the, the SAB awards, th that's how they judge them, didn't they, Michael? Because anybody can have a great moment in the, in a calendar year and then you go and you run off and you submit that and the panel of judges sitting around the table say, ah, this one is great. And yet they've got no idea of just how you've been consistent, how you've been churning out all of these deliveries time and time again, week in and week out. Was I incorrect in saying what I just said? No, I think you you hit the nail on the head in terms of that, Rob. But um, the, the main thing, it was to have the pleasure of the jobs that we that we do and did and to have the the best job in the house to sort of sit at a sports stadium, whatever the sport is, in front of how many thousands of people and enjoy it and be able to describe it. It is such a privilege to do that. So the awards, although it was wonderful to have that recognition and to know that your peers respected what you did and that there were people out there who respected the work and the effort that you put in, I think at the end of the day, it was just about creating so much enjoyment for so many people out there and being recognized in the streets and people just wanting to chat to you about sport. There was, for me, 
far more engaging and far more important. And, and when your profile grew as much as it did, I know that sport, uh, you know, in all the many years that one had the privilege of working uh, with and alongside you, it wasn't just about being one-dimensional. Uh, Michael, I mentioned the Olympic Games, I mentioned uh, cricket, but obviously 2003 will always come to mind because of where mm. uh, that World Cup was staged and what the outcome was in the end. But it was just your your involvement. I'll, I'll get to disasters in football, etc. in just a second. But for you, what was it just generally about sports that said, hey, as Michael Abramson, this is what I want to focus on. Be the best person that I can be and also just inspire, influence and take people on an emotional journey of what you're seeing. I think it was for me um, an opportunity to grab. And I know that initially I started on rugby, which is probably my, uh, my least knowledgeable sport of the big sports because I've never played rugby before. I'm far too small to play rugby. I'd get injured within five seconds if I got onto a rugby field. So I played, I played soccer at school a little bit. I was goalkeeper. I wasn't very, very good. I played quite a bit of cricket and I played a lot of tennis, but I, um, I started with rugby and then the opportunity came about to do some cricket commentary and I thought, you know what, I've got this opportunity, I'd be crazy to turn it down. And then in 1997, in that uh, season where we had that uh, transfer of the times to fit in with the change of soccer season, so we had that basically one round of matches, I think it was called the, the Challenge League or whatever it was, just before uh, the, the great years for Manning Rangers, just before they won the inaugural Premier League title. And um, some of the producers came to me and said to me, look, we don't know how good you are at local soccer. Do you know anything about it? Would you like to give it a try? And I thought, here was a fantastic opportunity. So I embraced it with everything I had. I bought every possible magazine there was. I read every newspaper article. I listened to programs on radio and television. And uh, I just basically in immersed myself completely in it and almost made it my own. And I'm, I'm proud of that fact of being able to have that opportunity and to grab it. And I think with that, I made so many good friends along the way and interacted with so many wonderful people. And if you say to me now these days, what do I miss the most? It's probably commentating uh, local soccer and having that interaction with the fans that, that I miss the most. Um while I'm chatting to you, I'm, I'm looking at my social media feed and it's kind of gone crazy because people haven't heard your voice in a long time. So mm -hmm. it brings back a lot of memories. And they're asking me to ask you to say, but where is Michael Abramson? What is he doing right now? Um, not very much, to tell you the truth. I've had quite a nasty back injury the past two years. I'm actually still suffering from it at the moment. I've had two slip discs in my back, so I'm, I'm not able to drive at the moment. So it is a bit painful and I have to sort of grit my teeth and, and live with that day by day. Sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. But uh, um, that has debilitated me a little bit. But other than that, still very much around, still as passionate as ever, um, doing a little bit of broadcasting here and there. Uh, as you know, Rob, or uh, I'm sure you'd remember that I'm a fanatical Norwich City supporter. And tomorrow, yes. <laughs> uh, tomorrow Norwich, uh, if they win against Bournemouth, will be promoted to the Premier League. In fact, even if they don't win, they could still be promoted tomorrow. Right. So it's a big weekend. So I've been doing a lot of work on the Norwich fan sites. The, all their journalists uh, know that I'm fanatical about the team. So they phone me and do interviews with me and what's it like as a South African supporting the team from such a far distance. And they want to know about, do I like the team because they play in yellow and green, which are South African colors. 
So I'm very much involved in that and passionate about that as well. Uh, I'm also still doing some shows, uh, my mentalism shows. That's, yes. uh, it's a bit more difficult these days because you don't have the live audiences that you uh, have had in the past. And mentalism depends on having that interaction with people. But we've put together some online shows. I'm doing a bit of that for companies where I can still interact with people online, doing a lot of teaching because uh, the online uh, pro profile, if you like, allows me to teach memory courses and study skills courses and self-improvement to uh, people not only in the area that I live, not only in Gauteng, Johannesburg, Pretoria and surrounding areas, but I've actually been doing courses to, uh, with students in Cape Town and various other places around the country. So it's, it's opened up some doors in some ways. So uh, although I'm not grateful for the situation as it happens in the world, it creates new opportunities. Uh, but I would very, very much love if I had the opportunity again to go back to doing broadcasting. Radio is my absolute passion and my love, and I would love to do as much of it as possible. And also television to a lesser extent. So I do definitely miss that. And if the opportunity came about or people want to engage with me again to open that door, I would gladly uh, walk through it because I really do miss that. And I feel every day when I wake up that there is something uh, missing a little bit in my life, and it's probably that. And we're missing that voice, though, because, I mean, first thing, I'm, I'm going to get back to this very weird thing where we don't have you on the airwaves. But when you talk about your back, and I'm very sorry about what's happened, Michael, and I do wish you a, a speedy recovery. And I wish you, you a so much, full Rob. recovery because a speedy one might not mean a full recovery. But I do wish you a full recovery if it is possible uh, because I know how frustrating it might be for somebody who's been on the go as you have been in the sporting world. S speedy recovery in terms of that and, and full so recovery much. as well. The, I mean, how, how is it though? I, I don't understand that a person of your quality, a person of your caliber a person of your reach your your, your the diversity I, i'm reading a, a tweet here from spiro says what happened to michael abramson it, it's only mlulegin tabo um, as well as mtura scott as well as zolani pongo who are as versatile as mike he can easily do rugby soccer cricket athletics with perfection he was my man i miss his voice on radio and comes back to me. I know I've got all of 90 seconds to get an answer from you before the news. And then we continue <laughs> okay. after that. But how can somebody of your ability, your award-winning career ability, not be linked up with a major broadcaster right now? Rob, I don't really know how to answer that. I guess I don't push myself enough. I guess I don't um, make the effort to, to reach out to people around the world and submit CVs and that sort of thing. I like to wait for things to come to me rather than go out and, and force the issue. Maybe that's just my personality. But so, what about locally? I don't know. Because locally, the, I understand about the global stuff. And in, in the same mm -hmm. way that a, a, a Dwayne DeLonca would do an Olympic Games opening and Olympic Games uh, sports, whatever the sporting codes are, he'll be there. Mm -hmm. and, and it's the same way that I remember Michael Abramson. But I'm just talking about even locally where... You talk about the local game that you miss so much. Nobody mm. can doubt that if we said to you, Michael, that over the weekend, here's one of the games, maybe do TTM up against Mamelodi Sundowns, that you will clap that game, to use a South African term, as if you've been doing <laughs> games every single day. Well, 
Rob, if that, as I said, if that opportunity came about, I would gladly grab it. Uh, it's just, I'm, I, I'm not the sort of person who likes to force myself into situations. So I suppose when the time is right and when the universe decides that it's time for me to come back, the factors will fall into place to make that happen. But if it did happen, I'd be very, very grateful for the opportunity and I would grab it with both hands and go back to doing what I love. Sbusisom Trunu on Twitter says, the voice that raised us in front of a black and white TV says what major bliss it is. Uh, Biggs Sitlebo also on Twitter says, what a legend. Um, I was very young um, when I first heard him on the Rotman's Cup. What a legend. We're going to take more. I mean, I'm looking at Facebook messages as well. Uh, plenty happening there. Do send us your voice notes because after the news, uh, we'll continue our conversation as we celebrate the life, the times of a one of the most extraordinary commentators, the most blessed. You know when you're blessed on so many fronts, and that is what Michael Abramson is all about. But right now, though, it is top of the hour. Time for news. Here is Nomsan Luli. It's Latin Zeit. Rewind the tape. Let's relive, relive those moments of football magic. Good evening, Darob. Good evening, Bev. Yo, Mr. Marawa, you brought a legend in commentary there. I remember one game he did, it was Pirates versus Val Professionals. And Dennis Vukobi scored a cracker in the 90th minute. I mean, William Mokpara didn't see nothing there. And just his commentary with that goal, I mean, it was just magical. And I was still young by then. Thanks for a great show, Mr. Marawa. Michael Abramson, what a pleasure it is to hear your voice on the radio again. And there's a song that says, Baby, come back. Any kind of fool could see that you're the one that we need back on sports commentary. So put that CV out there. You don't even have to put the CV out there. Robert can just play those old commentary games of yours. Come on, guys. SABC... Wake up. Get Michael Abramson back on the airwaves. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Paul in Cape Town. Evening. Good evening, uh, Mr. Robert Marawa. Good man. Yeah. I'm going to Michael Ibrahim. I'm going to talk to you. i he was but I'm not that old Mare can I get all like he was out of this world yeah recovery speedy recovery more injury and alone yeah, Thank you, Mr. Robert. Hi, Rob. Yeah, what a legend. Michael Abramson. I still remember Robert, uh, uh, Michael Abramson when he, he was uh, commentating uh, for Rotman's Cup finals. Robert, that guy was gifted. I was asking myself, where is this guy? Because I think, you know, he was all-rounder. When we talk about an all-rounder, we're talking about Michael Abramson. I can't believe that, you know. I thought maybe he just retired. 
I don't know what happened. Because you cannot, we cannot lose such a, a legend. Yo, I can't believe that, you know, this man he never retired. I thought maybe he just retired to give the youngsters a chance. Never thought that, you know, he's still passionate about uh, uh, commentating. Because uh, unbelievable, Robert. Uh, that man is unbelievable. Yo, he was not just a broadcaster. He was not just a commentator, Robert. The stats of a player. You will know him, where he comes from. Where did he, um, how many goals did he score? How many games did he, he played? That's how we, 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 we talk about a commentator. When we talk about the commentator, we're talking about that kind of a person who knows the state of a player. Oh, what a legend. One on one with football's living legend. Oh, man, they keep pouring in, I can tell you. And that is why we, we celebrate our legends while they're still alive, while they can hear, while they can smell the roses, the flowers, whatever you want uh, to sniff and smell. But uh, we were eternally grateful. One of our uh, regular listeners on this show, um, we, we we wish her a very speedy recovery. Um, um, who's not going to be able to listen to the show tonight. And um, I mean, what a moment, what a moment, really. Um, just lamenting uh, the daily dose of Marawa Sports Worldwide. And Nam Sam Jolie with the news at the top of the hour. We thank her very, very much indeed. Um, where do we even start? Hey, Michael, I, I'm looking at Twitter, I'm looking at Facebook. Lesibe Joel, um, you know, sent a, a couple of tweets as well, uh, pretty much in the same vein as what you've been hearing on the voice notes. And I'll read those in just a second. Um, these things keep refreshing so quickly, uh, but I'll, I'll get to Joel's one. Uh, also on Facebook, Lunga Pichana says, a legend with a golden and unforgettable voice. I can't think of football from the 90s and early 2000s without his voice. Uh, like Hippopo Shangu says, well, all along I've been asking myself, where is he now? Him and Zamama Sonda working together on Mabaleng as well as Laduma. We used to like him very much at home uh, when he tries to speak a little bit of Isizulu. Uh, he says, and he quotes here, uh, it's Mecha Warriors up against Banning Rangers. Langa Liashisa Namchange. Atuzama. Yamuzwa. Umak. You know how the banter used to be between the two. Ten minutes, ten minutes each, but they made it world class. Says my best SA English football commentator due to his unique voice uh, as well. Bulelani says there is a guy uh, that is a commentator in the Belgium uh, Jupiter League that has a similar voice to Mr. Abramson. At first, I thought he came out of retirement. And like Kipopo Shango says, well, during the playing days of Gerald Stober, Roger Desar, Shaim Bobs, uh, Peter Gordon, Kwakuka Stadium, Kwamasiza, Pam Brink, with Michael Abramson's voice as a commentator. Uh, Danny Moreo says, well, thanks for bringing the legend uh, to give and celebrate with them while they're still alive. So much love being shown here. Michael, what's your response? Uh, humbling and in tears, Rob, to tell you the truth. I didn't realize just how passionate everybody is about 
sports that we all love and that we love to be a part of and the friendships that I've made through sports and through interacting with people, as I said earlier, mm. has been so special. And it's carried me in some of the dark moments that I've had in the last little while health wise and otherwise. And some days, you know, you feel a bit down because things aren't going well. And I will think back to these messages and these memories and people remembering things that I don't even remember, even with my supposedly <laughs> trained memory. I don't remember all the snippets of commentary that I did over many years, but obviously it touched a nerve with some people. And if it's made a difference in those people's lives, then I'm eternally grateful for the opportunity to have maybe brightened up their day, even five minutes of their day, and just given them a little bit of enjoyment because that's after all why we do what we do and love. But um, I'm truly humbled, Rob, and I thank you so much for the opportunity to have me on your show. I mean, imagine somebody going as far back as recalling a game between Pirates and Valpros and uh, talking <laughs> no. about the Vukubi goal. It's, it's incredible what people remember. And I remember the days of going to, uh, to commentate on VAR professional games at home. And I used to count all the stadiums that I used to go to. And I think in total, I went to something like 44 uh, different stadiums around the country. I remember the days of Golden Arrows when they were still down in the lower leagues and we were, we were following their promotion quest and I was doing all those games. And uh, any opportunity, whatever it was, no matter how small the game, take a game, uh, maybe a, a, a second division game that we were doing in those days or whether it was a World Cup final or a Pirates Chiefs game or whatever it was, uh, mm. I think uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to believe that I gave my all in every game that I did, no matter how small the audience might have been. And obviously people do appreciate that effort and I'm so grateful to the fans for expressing that, uh, that opinion because it really does give you a lift. I mean, you heard Paul. Paul was basically singing, baby, come back. We need you back. <laughs> I was really touched by that. I thought, oh, what a stroke of genius, you know. Uh, we might not be pop idols here, but you know what? When you, when you, when you appreciate somebody that you're going to dig deep into your vocal cords to try yeah. and sing his praises, that was, that was a touch of class. Thanks, Paul. Your response to that? He's got a career in karaoke for sure. Uh, <laughs> that was fantastic. I really enjoyed that message very, very much. Thank you, Paul. All right, and, and Gavin as well, just saying that you, uh, Michael Abramson, completely out of this world, remembers the Rotman's Cup final, uh, saying that mm. um, you're an all-rounder. But the one thing that is, uh, seems to be a common thread, people thinking that you, you actually retired. Um, please clarify that because that's pretty far from the truth. No, um, I never retired and I wouldn't retire because it's, I'd like to do this job until I'm 90 if it was possible to do. Um, I may be being an Aries, I have perhaps a confrontational personality at times and I think people misunderstand what I do. I like to try and stand up for my rights and, and particularly try and defend some of my colleagues. And often uh, we've sort of agreed as commentators in the past to go and stand up to try and get better working conditions or whatever it was. And some of my colleagues in the past have left me in the lurch. So I always, I sort of look like the bad one because I look like the one who's been confrontational, which is, is not always the case. And, and maybe I think I'm, I've been misunderstood by certain managers in the past. And it's led to perhaps because of that misunderstanding, a belief that I no longer want to do the job. That, is, that has never, ever been the case. And as I said to you, I'm very open to opportunities should they arise again and would love to go back, especially when you're hearing messages like this from all the fans around the country and knowing that you can make a little bit of a difference in people's lives. I would love that opportunity again if it did come about.
Uh, so would I. I think so would a lot of people. Larry King was 88 uh, when he bowed <laughs> out and he was still on air. That's the one thing people don't understand or realize. And that's also the irony around, um, you know, when people talked about Mam Nokolokhrod Boem and her retirement, mm-hmm. uh, but she was whipped off air when she was 53. And I said to people, but that's part of the problem because, you know, uh, Wolf Blitzer is 73, Christiana Mampour is 63. Uh, there's nobody putting pressure on them. In in specialist roles like broadcasting, specialist roles like news broadcasting, the older you get, the more credible you become. Your your your, your knowledge is more trusted by the the viewer or the listener or whatever it is, and and that is mm. part of the South African trend where people think, no no no, you must give way. No no no, Michael Abramson becomes better with age because he's acquired so much more he can reflect back on the commonwealth games that were in melbourne he can reflect back to what happened in manchester whatever it is you will have it Mm. at your fingertips which a lot of people can't i don't know if i'm hitting it on the right track no i think you're right rob as with everything else uh, the more you do it the more you can draw on and the more experiences you have to draw on and maybe at the beginning when you go in i remember for example my first international cricket match and i was in the company of some legendary commentators in the box i won't mention names at this point but Mm. it was intimidating and you feel do i have the knowledge do i deserve to be here should i be here um should i say something that express an opinion or should i just stick to the straight and narrow and just describe everything as it is and you're very intimidated in those positions but as you gain confidence as people start respecting your work and as you start believing more in yourself i think you gain the confidence to be able to drive the commentary in a direction that you want to take it and different sports have different skills commentating a soccer match you don't have time to think about everything you you're going straight into the action for 90 minutes and describing what's happening on the field if you're doing for example a test match in cricket on radio where maybe nothing happens or very little happens in the game for half an hour an hour on end through a whole commentary session uh, you have to find other things to keep it interesting so that you're not just saying the bowler bowls and the batsman leaves alone and the ball goes through to the keeper 20 times Mm -hmm. in a row you can almost put the recording on make a recording of the commentary and go and make yourself some tea so so what you have to do is find ways to make it more interesting and draw on experiences perhaps give some stats or share a little story that enlightens people and makes them want to listen and i think that comes with experience sort of knowing when to put your foot down and describe what's going on on the field and when to take it in a different direction and that's something that uh, i think many of our young commentators are learning as they go uh, that's It's not always that easy. It's not a matter of just getting into the commentary box and describing the action. There are a lot of skills that you develop over time. So I think your your point is very well made there. Yeah, absolutely. Just talking about that, uh, Brian and Alfie have been holding on for a while. Thanks for your patience, uh, gentlemen. Brian, let me take you first. Uh, Good evening and welcome. Brian, good evening. I was getting Michael, worried. Michael, 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 Michael. Oh, that voice, that voice. <laughs> that laughter. <laughs> there you know, we go. Uh, you, you know, Rob, uh, when, when, you, when, when you said, when Beth said to me that you're bringing Michael in today, I, I thought of what I had to say because that's a man that taught me the stats game, you know, the number game. How you, how you sit down and go through the stats. I remember in 2010, they both nominated for the same award. You mentioned the SAB award. It was myself, uh, Michael, and Natalie Germanis. And 
you know, when, when he won that award, I was more happy than anything else because I, I sat down and thought to myself, he has a guy who stands up for everything he believes in. He has a guy I've worked with not only in Radio 2000, but also on SAFM as well. And throughout the time I've worked with him, he, he has never treated me as a, an unknown commentator or a known entity. He gave me the respect from the moment I walked in. And yes, you know, they always say when somebody's good, there's always that slight arrogance that comes with it. And I accepted that because he always wanted you to give, to put your best foot forward for every time you came on air and did something. And for that reason, I'm forever grateful for, for people like Deep because uh, I did my first World Cup in 2010 in South Africa. The first time I had to do any major tournament in 2010, the same year I did the Afghan tournament that was in Angola. And the person that was paired with me to work with was Michael Ibramson and my, uh, my, uh, Muhammad Ali. And Michael was the one who was with me in Jobek throughout the tournament. And all he said to me was, we are in this together. We need to make this happen. And we need to deliver the best that we can do. And... The day before the World Cup, the story I never shared with anybody before. Michael was doing the Bafana game at the, at the FNB Stadium when they played against Mexico. So the day before, I lost my voice because I was so scared, terrified of me now having to go and do about 24 minutes of a World Cup, having never done a World Cup before. And when he described the Shabalala goal and he screamed, he screamed Shabalala, I left that stadium after the celebration. My voice was back and I was back on track. And indeed, what I had to do. Um, Michael, my friend, I, I hope we will meet again one day and be doing commentary once again. I believe, as just like yourself, a very strong will pass to have challenged people. And I've wrestled a few feathers along the way. But talent is talent, and we dearly miss you. And I wish you all of the best going forward, my friend. You still owe me a mental discourse, by the way. So that's what I look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great stuff. Bruno, thank you so much indeed. Uh, Brian Fuking, wow. Your response to that, Michael? Oh, Brian is a fantastic commentator, and he's he's got such a unique style, and he's just made radio commentary his own. He's uh, sort of broken certain rules of commentary and gone in his own direction, and that g- gives him uniqueness and and makes people want to listen to him. And uh, yeah, I remember the build-up to the 2010 World Cup, which is undoubtedly, together with the Olympic Games, the highlights of my broadcasting career. And uh, yeah, I remember having a chat to Brian. We were all, all commentators were meeting at the same time, and we all said to each other, you know, this, this is our show. This is our chance to showcase our beautiful country to the world. We're going to have so many foreigners listening to our commentary because people who uh, maybe tune in and want to listen to a particular team or they're driving in their cars or they want to know what's going on. Radio 2000 was the opportunity for them to do that. And uh, if you're only as good as your weakest link and if you have a weak commentator on the team, then it maybe devalues the product overall. So it was important for all of us that we all gave our absolute best and that we were all on a high throughout that tournament because it just lifted the whole product. And I think we... Uh, put South Africa on the world stage with that whole event and made so many friends in, in football along the way. So I'm so uh, really pleased of the way that Brian's career has gone and I wish him many, many more successful times behind the mic and I'm sure he'll go on to uh, be a legend and be broadcasting with that laugh and with that unique style until <laughs> maybe 80, 85 years old if he wants to. Why not? He can sustain that. Uh, Bruno, thank you so much <laughs> indeed. Great words. Alfie, the floor is yours. Michael Abrams, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you, sir. How are you? It has been it has been a while. Rob, let me tell you a quick story. When I joined uh, 
Radio 2000, as a commentator, I was actually posed by uh, Moabidi Teko, whom I have been looking for and I haven't seen in years. And the first person, I was so nervous. And the first person that made me so calm as a commentator, because I remember we Dan van der Berg paired us together, and I was looking at mm. and I'm thinking, here's this legend, and I don't know what to say, and he's, he just made me so calm that I enjoyed it. And funny enough is a lot of people don't see what happens behind the scenes. And with commentators and a whole lot of ego clashing, when people are off air, they go back to the back of um, our small studios to have coffee or whatever, and you find the people that just look threatening. They don't talk to you. These are ex-players. Um, they have coffee and all. And Michael used to share this thing that he was a magician. So every time you look at me, you say, should I make a magician for you? And I used to, I used to love that so much. It used to keep me so, so calm. Oh, man. Oh, man, Alfie, what a story. Thank you so much, man. Michael, there's Alfie just recalling and, and, and also just what a strong role you played in calming his nerves because I can only imagine seen as a novice uh, up against you. Well, Alfie, I don't think you need to stand back for anybody in this industry. Um, as I said at the beginning, when I started, I felt exactly the same. And it was always a pleasure to interact with the people that you were working with and show them a magic trick or talk to them about about other things because at the end of the day you're a team and uh, if the team is strong and there's not a lot of politics going on or uh, confrontational issues or personalities clashing the product sounds a lot better and at the end of the day it's all about the product that you put on air so uh, very grateful for your kind words my friends and wish you many many more successful days ahead nice one thank you so much michael uh, for that there was a tweet that popped up from our our, our i don't know if he's still ever going to be a room divider with us uh, but that's a tando manano and twitter says please send my greetings to michael abramson um, we did a lot of rugby together on radio 2000 uh, pity that the bosses at the sabc decided to let him go at a time uh, when they shouldn't have i am sure he will be back on radio all of 60 seconds michael abramson from my side i'm just going to say that you are always will be a true legend. Your voice ignites so much of what we enjoy and get excited about in terms of sport. Somebody mentioned the stats, the stories, uh, your humility, the warmth of your voice, the delivery. There's so many different aspects that come into mind. Um, I think just the generosity of what you have uh, from a knowledge perspective is really what drives us uh, to listen to you and always will. You know, 30 second wrap. Um, Rob, it's just been a wonderful opportunity, a wonderful last hour just to, to reminisce and to hear the thoughts of all the people out there because often you, 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 know, you, you look at things from a different perspective, you're isolated and you just have the interaction maybe with your colleagues or with the bosses or with whoever else. But I think it's important to realize what the people on the ground are saying because at the end of the day, you're doing it for them. And uh, to have all these words of gratefulness, is, it's truly touching and truly humbling to, to listen to what people have had to say. And I can only uh, extend my heart and tell everybody that I love you all as sports people. It's been a, a fantastic experience. And Rob, thank you so, so much for inviting me onto the show. And hopefully we can do it again sometime. And who knows? Maybe I'll be sharing commentary boxes with some of my legendary colleagues at some point in the future. It's I been certainly great. Thank hope you so. so. I really, really hope so, Michael. Stay strong, get better, 
and um, let's let's hope um, everything works out well. We're going to break away though, but Michael, please don't drop the line um, on okay. Radio Two Thousand. There's somebody that wants to say hi to you, uh, but we we will have to let go of Metro FM. We'll meet again on Monday. Thank you very very much indeed.